welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, Wednesday, lose 1-0 to Hull again. As ever, we've got reaction from Gary Monk. Uh, we've also got Dominic Iorfa, who we'll hear from, plus Wigan to come on Saturday. And Alpinions, bit of a controversial one. You will have something to say about this week's Alpinions. Uh, right, Hull, where to start? Um, some people saying it was... Um, a fairly terrible performance. Other people saying we just didn't take our chances. Um, I kind of thought that we did look a little bit flat. There wasn't the same energy there that there was against Middlesbrough. Flat's the word, James, definitely. It was a missed opportunity for me. I, I, I looked at it at half-time and it was there for the taking. Uh, Wednesday hadn't played well in the first half, but they all, for me, they had to do was up it by another 10%, 15% at... Uh, a really subdued uh, KCOM stadium. The atmosphere there is terrible. You know that we, uh, yeah, not even half full. Uh, it's actually quite sad to to see what's happened to Hull over the last few years with uh, everything that's gone on with their owner. But from a Wednesday point of view, uh, they still had a couple chances in that second half. The Sam Winnell header at nil nil. He'd be disappointed. I, I would have if Stephen Fletcher had been fit, you would have banked on Stephen Fletcher to have stuck that one away. Um, you know, that's nothing against Sam Winnell, but just in the form that Stephen Fletcher is in the air, uh, you just feel as if he would have taken that chance. Uh, and then Adam Reach, even at the end, last minute, to salvage a draw, uh, the, it's sort of the way things have gone, really, for Adam Reach. And, and on him, it was, you know, after playing so well at Middlesbrough and we praised him to the hilt he then took a step backwards and I think he gave the ball I think there was a stat saying he gave the ball away 18 times um, against Hull and that is very unlike Adam Reach and uh, like a few of them he is struggling for consistency. Yeah, and and the, the, there are some patterns that are starting to emerge, which um, I'm sure we'll kind of get onto with that. First things first, then obviously Fletcher out um, injured, uh, which was a bit of a surprise to um, to all of us. Kind of kept that pretty quiet. Otherwise, Gary Monk keeping the team as it was. So Sam Winnell comes in. I know you've talked about it a little bit there. I felt like I stuck up for Sam Winnell a bit after the Everton game because I kind of th- saw him getting into the positions and kind of having the chances, just not kind of putting them um, away. I saw the work rate and, and things like that. But the whole game, it's starting to feel like a bit of a familiar story now with um, with, with Sam Winnell. The header does stand out as one of those chances that that we had. And um, I don't. it wasn't an easy chance, but I think what you say is true. Someone like Fletcher just knows what to do the, the the ball came at him fairly quick the angle that he was at made it a, a difficult chance but you would expect someone like Fletcher to stick that a, a, away and I think there's a theme emerging here about Sam Winnall he's just not being clinical and um, this is strange when you consider that he's a player whose who's reputation in the past has been for, for being exactly that you know at Barnsley his goal scoring record was phenomenal even when he went to Derby you know he was scoring goals for fun there I don't I don't understand what it is about when he's in the Wednesday team that it just doesn't happen. He's had a serious injury since then and yeah, I think that there's only so much slack you can cut him. Yeah, you are you right. I, I feel as if the uh he Sam Winnell looks to me as if he, he's a guy who needs a run of games and right now he's not the main man at Wednesday, that's Stephen Fletcher. And at the moment you've got Sam Winnell Jordan Rhodes, Atty Nuyu, 
and Fernando Forcieri very soon who are going to be fighting out for one spot in the team and that was another big opportunity for Sam Winnell to say to Gary Monk that you should be playing me every single week. I'm the man to partner Stephen Fletcher. And yeah, he had he only had really the one uh, major chance at Hull. But I, I think for me, I mean, what was more disappointing is that that understanding between him and Atty Nuyu, I didn't see a lot of linking up and combination play there uh, the other night. And so that there was no telepathy there. And... Uh, it was. We knew it was going to be a big loss as soon as you see the team sheet and that Stephen Fletcher is out. Of course, uh, you're thinking that this is going to be a, a tricky night for Wednesday. But but there's no doubt that yeah, Sam Winnell was given another run out like he was against Everton, and he, he didn't unfortunately step up. He just didn't do enough, did he? And and, and that is the. But the, he wasn't the only one. We have to no, stress that. I think there um, were a few who had off days as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get onto this a little bit later on in in terms of you know whether he's likely to be in the team on Saturday. But it just worries me a little bit. Like if if Fletcher's not there, almost this acceptance we're just not going to score. And that w- yeah. with the, with the depth that we've got in in a striker's position, that that just shouldn't be happening. I but d- look, d- no, it's true actually. I mean, while on that subject, you look at the numbers. So, ten matches in in the championship. 15 goals. Five of them have come from Stephen Fletcher. Seven goals have come in two matches, Reading and Middlesbrough. So, in fact, that's eight goals in the other eight matches. There is is definitely, for me, a little bit of a goal-scoring problem, uh, which, you're right, you look at, on paper, the players that Wednesday have up front, goal-scoring shouldn't be an issue, but I do think it is, and it's something that Gary Monk will no doubt be looking very... Uh, carefully at right now and recognising that it's not just the strikers it's the whole round team like the team everybody needs I think to be chipping in with more yeah it's just it just feels messy at the moment it just feels like we're not we've not quite sort of found who we are under Gary Monk and it probably works better when Fletcher's on the pitch and when he's not it just kind of there's there's still kind of unanswered questions there's no like for like replacement for Stephen Fletcher no of course there isn't and especially you know a striker that's in form when he's not in the team other players haven't been getting in the team because he's in form so um, it's going to be difficult for anyone coming in it's just a shame that Sam Winnell's not taking the chances when he's offered them though because I think before you'd kind of say well Winnell's not getting the chance yeah. Um, everyone says it about Rhodes now. They say, "Well, he's had his chance. You know, he's, he's, he's been he's been played plenty. He can't say he's not had his had his chances." But I think Winall's always there's always been a reason for some for, for whatever reason. There's always been something that's kind of stopped Sam Winall getting a um, you know kind of a. We a thought he would kick on after Huddersfield, and it hasn't happened. And yet we did cut him some slack and defended him after Everton when he had at least two, if not three really good chances uh, but then yeah I, 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 it's hard to I think on the whole I, I will say this that in that I think the service was not great the other night and it, uh, from the wide areas as we've mentioned Adam Reach wasn't at it and Kadeem Harris has actually been nullified really well the last two matches and that's probably another worrying thing for Wednesday right now that he's been a little bit quiet by his high standards he's having two men on him every game though yeah. isn't he at the moment I noticed that um, on on Tuesday well night, I put that to Gary Monk at the the presser uh, this week uh, and actually he doesn't think that it is always the case of the, the, the doubling 
up on him, but I, I certainly thought they, they were yeah, against Hull. Definitely. There Hull. Were, you know, there were a number of times where I thought they were doing that. Hull absolutely knew that was the danger area and nullified it, and to be fair, it, it worked. Um, let's talk about the Hull goal then. Um, well, I mean, was it a good header? Yes. Does it make great watching for Wednesday? I don't think so, because... I'm not sure that cross should be able to come into the box. It feels like Iofa and Odebaggio get themselves in a bit of a mess. No one's really doing what they should be doing. When you first watch it, it kind of looks like Iofa's just in no man's land. I'm not sure it's his play to be picking up, though. Odebaggio just kind of goes missing. And Odebaggio, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a scrappy mess, that. I, I think Odebaggio actually was sticking with Guziki, so he followed his run but then he's well out of position. So he's actually gone in front of Iorfa. So it then becomes Iorfa's responsibility to try and get his head on that cross and, and get it away to safety. And he, he's misjudged the flight. And yeah, it was a great header. Uh, I've seen some suggestions on social media that um, Kieran Westwood should have done better. What? No, absolutely. No goalkeeper would have kept that header out. But I'm with you. I think it should have been stopped at source. That cross was far too easy to swing in. I know that the, there would have been some tired legs and minds out there with 20 minutes to go. But for me, I, I, I don't know whether it's Liam Palmer or Kadeem Harris whoever's job it was somebody didn't get tight enough and it was it was far too straightforward for lehigh to put the ball in and yeah it was a great header on on the plus side i mean there was there was a great save from westwood um after the goal yeah um i thought at times palmer and odebaggio had some decent um moments it's still it's kind of stuck record this but it still feels like that's the area where we're really we're really exposed and at at risk Um, I think they're both players that that make errors and we're just going to have to learn to live with it until January aren't we yeah well there's in terms of personnel there's not too much that they can do there's Morgan Fox at left back and then Dominic Iolfa if you want to move him from centre half to right back that that's it really um matt penny's out on loan and um you could actually i think someone made this suggestion and it's not entirely left field to me uh that you could put kieran lee back to right back but uh, you know and he's not getting a lot of game time in the center it's it's looking at the moment as if actually kieran lee is behind massimo luongu for a starting spot in the center so possibly something to consider. I don't know though. Kieran Lee's not played there in a long time. I don't think he was brilliant either. No, as a fullback, no, he, I don't he's think really made his name at Wednesday by yeah, yeah. the box to box and the energy and uh, that habit of getting in the right place at the right time by scoring goals. So yeah, that's really we see more productivity definitely in midfield. So I don't. I think I'd be reluctant to do that. But I was just you know, it's when you look around and you're yeah. thinking of personnel, what you can actually do to to change it but I actually thought Odebaggio had a better match on Tuesday and it was one of his better displays but then you still come away from it and who was Hull's most dangerous player for me on the night it probably was Grzycki on his side Uh, so maybe what does that tell you that it's it's the area that teams are targeting definitely it is what you say is absolutely true by the way I thought Odebaggio probably did have probably his best performance in a Wednesday shirt um, he, he he's just a player that seems to make like critical errors 
just you know loses concentration for a moment or just makes the wrong decision and and it really costs you and mm. um that's the unfortunate thing about being a professional footballer isn't it is that it doesn't matter if you're great 99 percent of the time the the one percent that you make a mistake as a defender and you give away a goal it puts you in a position whereby you sort of think well is that player sort of worth having in your team if if the you know when they make a mistake it costs you a, a goal i'm not saying that the whole no. goal was was his fault um but you know we know that he's he's cost us goals this season not about and, and this is it actually and dominic i offer i think was intimating to press and we'll hear more from the interview later that center half reiterating again that he sees that that's probably his position you know in the long term and now this is the first time in his career that he's played five to six matches in that spot. But you then look at the six matches and you you could highlight and go, he's certainly been at fault for two of the goals. At QPR at home and, and then the other night he'd be disappointed and he'd feel like he should do better. And this is it. Gary Monk is big on organisation and the structure being hard to break down, particularly away from home. Uh, and so you you can't afford lapses in concentration. We thought after um, his goal at Middlesbrough that we'd see kind of an Adam Reach who is uh, back in top form. You touched on it earlier. It really wasn't his, uh, his night. He gave the ball away a lot. He just seemed to make quite a lot of... Of basic errors, um, and that chance in injury time, like oh, it's got to score. Whoever yes. it is, they've got to score that. No, he has absolutely. And now Gary Monk has maybe got a bit of a selection poser as uh, the guy who came on in that second half uh, in the last sort of twenty-five minutes, half an hour. Jacob Murphy, that's as good as he's played in weeks. Yeah, uh, looked really sharp, lively, made things happen, and. I can't believe we've gone this long in the podcast and not mentioned a big moment. It's next. Another. It's right there, next on my ah, there next it is. on my list. It says Murphy foul, one hundred percent penalty. Oh, what else can you say? I get. I, I. It's one of the few times actually so far where uh, I saw um, the decision being given where the refs pointed to a free kick and uh, my eyes were just uh, focused completely on the away technical area as Gary Monk went absolutely ballistic and he had every right to and and actually afterwards uh, post-match Gary Monk uh, you know, were asking him uh, have you seen it back and Gary Monk was going no I, I'd, I had no need to watch it back. I, I saw it clear as day that that was a penalty. Yeah. And it, it's another shocking decision. And I hate the fact that I feel as if this is now at least the second, third, maybe even fourth time that we're touching on bad errors. Um, and Wednesday should have had a penalty. And they could potentially have rescued a point and kept the, the run going. Uh, but... Uh, for the linesman and the ref not to spot that as it was is when you watch it and you see it in the still and and you see that that's a couple of yards right inside the penalty area that challenge has taken place and then to award a free kick on the edge is it's diabolical I mean, you can. I think the referee and he had a great position. I think the ref realised as soon as he'd made the decision that you could actually see from from the marks in the turf that it it wasn't just the initial contact. The, the foul happened inside the box, and it was the force of it that took them outside the box. Um, 
and the, he must, the referee must have known, but no referee is going to overturn their own decision, are they? Um, which leads us on to, and, and actually this might be something we want to consider for, for an our opinions, whether it's this week or a future one. Um, you know, we've seen how it's kind of worked in, in other leagues. Would you take VAR in the championship? Well, Gary Monk definitely would. That's what he said afterwards when he'd VAR in the championship. And uh, he's right. I asked that of Dominic Iorfa uh, at press. And he's saying that, yeah, to get these key decisions spot on, then I think it's something they've got to look into. And But it, it comes down to resources and the, the financial side of VAR. I, I still think we're a few years away from seeing VAR in the championship. But... Considering it's what uh, the the league is the fifth most uh, like well supported in Europe, and they're on television now in the Championship. I think they're showing 160 to 170 matches a season, something like that. You know, you're looking at at least half a dozen games a week, something like that. Then it, it, it the money involved to get promoted to the Premier League, I, I, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. I, I still can't get my head around how they didn't have VAR for the Championship playoff final last year. Right, it's the That's the most lucrative match in club football. £180 million at stake and they didn't have it. Absolutely ludicrous to me. It, it's crazy that you kind of talk about it being... Like a you know a financial issue with the amount of money that there is in football every year, we get the report comes out that says how much clubs have spent on agents' fees and stuff like that. And you think, you know, surely it shouldn't be. You know, they have it in the German second division. They have VAR. This this just shouldn't even be a you know that that shouldn't be a consideration. Uh, no, it shouldn't. No, I think mad. you're right. Uh, but that's where we are at the moment. And unfortunately, yeah, bad decisions like the other night. They're not going to get overturned. Um. Overall, I just kind of thought it was there was a lack of quality from um, from from Wednesday. Did we get a bit too excited after Borough? Probably so. Is Gary Monk still learning about his team? I think he definitely is, isn't he? And um, he, he he kind of learned that whatever it was that they tried to do on Tuesday didn't didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another lesson for him in his locker um, as as he kind of gets used to the players that he's working with. I think what it underlined to me is that this group of players. I don't think, with it being an ageing squad, I don't think are capable of playing at their maximum three times in a week. I think that's the reality of where Wednesday are at the moment. And to play and perform so well as they did at Middlesbrough, I think took a lot out of them. And Gary Monk understandably went, apart from the Stephen Fletcher injury, it forced his hand. Otherwise, he'd have named an unchanged team. But I, I don't think... They're equipped to do it for over three games in a week. I think it's just a big ask and a tall order. And that's where it comes back to the point that we've made time and time again that this squad still needs freshening up and needs more youth. Um, we talked about it a lot, didn't we, last week about whether he would ring the changes and there being kind of you know a real excuse not to because of the fact that they'd just gone out and won at Borough. In hindsight... That was a mistake. It's easy to say, right, with hindsight. But I, I think for Gary Monk at the time, I, I completely get it in that he's new to the job and that when you've won two out of your first three league matches yeah. and a resounding away win, 
he would have probably been criticised if he'd rotated and made loads of changes yeah. on Tuesday. So I, I, I think that almost forced his hand, that Middlesbrough result, to say, right, here we go again, lads. It will be interesting in the future after, in fact, the next international break when I think it's Cardiff on a Friday, Stoke on a Tuesday, Leeds at home. Then I think his shuffle is packed a little bit more. I think, will he do the same again? Okay, they have an extra day with Cardiff being on a Friday night, so a little bit more recovery time. But the sense I get is that I think he will have learned and taken a lot away from that. As the reality is, they they didn't create enough chances. They were flat. They still could, have, they still could well, for me, should have got a result. They still should have come away with at least a point. Hull didn't create a chance in the second half until they scored so they actually held them at arm's length pretty well but one mistake as Gary Monk pointed out cost them right let's hear from him Um, Gary Monk first of all on Wigan I met Cookie in the summer um, when we had a little break in the summer met up with him and I think he's done a great job I think he's a fantastic guy great character experienced manager like him a lot, got a lot of respect for him and um, and what he's done at Wigan and obviously it was Portsmouth before that. Um, I think he's a very good manager and does a very good job wherever he's been. So I think they're doing really well. It's a tough game. What they have is fight and they'll run and they have quality. You know, set piece. They have a high quality. They've got players in there that can cause problems from open play. So it's another championship game where unless we're right on it, it'll be a difficult day for us. But I think most important for us is. I spoke to the players straight away afterwards. We will suffer setbacks. It's the championship. You have to deal with that. But the main part is to be a good team, you have to show that response and it has to come with a a fire in your belly. And that's what I expect from the players on on Saturday to try and go into that international break with three points, a positive feeling. And what's, you know, at this moment, we're in a, a healthy position. If we can get those three points, I think you look across the start of the season, I think it'd be a very good start. How important is it, Gary, to go into the international break on a positive note? Yeah, it's, the, it's the aim for every team in this league in this fixture coming up at this weekend is to win and try and go into that international break with a, with a win and a positive feeling. Um, I think it's been a very healthy start. When I look at the healthy position we're in, the points that have been accumulated so far throughout the whole of the start of the season, of course, you know, the main part for me, forget that side of it is, is the reaction that we need from Tuesday where regardless of what you thought of the game regardless of whether you felt you deserved points or not the fact of it is we didn't get that point good teams respond straight away and um, we need to have that fire in our belly and which I'm sure you know looking at the players from after that game up until today another day tomorrow seeing the look on their faces and the attitude that is around the places you know I'm you know confident that we're going to get that reaction and, and if we get that we'll be in a good place or put ourselves in the best place to take three points. That's our aim. You're only five points off the top. Uh, when is it that you start to look more closely at the table? Probably May <laughs> is when I start to look at it. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it literally game by game as far as you're concerned? Yeah. Not going ahead. April. You can, if you ask me that question in April, I'll give you where I think we're going to be. But until that, it doesn't bother me at all. Given how well you've done as a team over the last few weeks, has Massimo Luongu been unluck- unlucky not yeah, to play the, more? No, it's difficult when you first come in. You know, you have to make a probably a more snap decision on terms of your first team that's going to play. You know, so you, you 
again, even making that decision for the Huddersfield game was difficult, you know. And um, but you have to make that selection, so you make it off that first few days of understanding the group, and then did that. But I think from that point, they've done very well. So a few of them have been unlucky, of course, you know. But that's part of it, you know. The job is to be ready, and you know the players that have played the majority. Of minutes of, of the games that I've had with them have done well enough to earn, the, earn and keep their place so that's how football should be but then of course mm. there's opportunities suspensions a loss of form or on, if you don't perform then your place is up for grabs and you know that's when you get that opportunity then to come in and, and take that opportunity that's what you have to do and then you try and cement that place for yourself and that shirt's yours for a, another week We've seen in the last couple of matches that teams have started to double up more on Kadeem Harris mm. what does he have to do to combat that run better move better be smarter um, but that's what we're trying to help you with but that's also a compliment mm. but as a team then you need to recognise and that when those things happen there's obviously space elsewhere and how we can get the ball to the other space where they're not trying to do it I don't think it's just him really I, I don't think they've really doubled up too much there's been a few instances where they have doubled up but I think that's more a scenario where we probably didn't come out of that area quick enough to exploit the other space but um, again that's all part of the work that we need to do but he's doing fantastically well and mm. I think he's had a really strong start to the season it's very difficult with wingers generally but also young wingers to that consistency level is always what you're going to fight with with them but I think overall his consistency has been very very good so very pleasing and where are the threats going to come from from Wigan on Saturday what have you got to look out for so I think they're offensive players they're wingers and they're very you know offensive fullbacks um, I think they have good midfielders but obviously strikers are handful um, Kiefer Moore um, whether he starts or not um, but physically they're a handful um, set pieces they're a big danger um They've scored a lot of goals from set pieces at this moment in time. Probably one of the strongest in the league at that. So they have their threats and they work extremely hard. We need to match that work rate. We need to match their determination. In fact, we need to go above their determination if we want to have a chance of winning the game. If we can do that, then that's when we hope our quality, which we should do, you know, come out, come out on the pitch and, and put us in a position to win the game. But it's the last game for an international break. Every single team in this fixture at the weekend, across all their fixtures, will be wanting the same. So... We have to be ready, but it's at home. We need to make Hillsborough a fortress, you know, and they need to be taking regular points there and, and regular wins. And I've said it before, that crowd behind us, that support that we have, once you get that behind you, and it's, it's, you saw it at the end of the Fulham game, you saw it all through the Fulham game, but especially at the end there, just what it can be and how loud and ferocious it can be. And, and that's what we want to try and create, and we have to do that all together. After the match at the weekend, you've then got two weeks. What changes or additions to what you're doing are you going to bring in over this two-week period? Yeah, so I, you know, the way I look at it, I split certain parts or principles of the game into certain things and then work through them. But I, I don't want to, you know, I don't move on until that one is at a level where, you know, I feel okay, they get that, they understand that, that's a, a decent enough level. So we've probably, I've probably put three of the seven or eight that I have in place and then um, we try and add one or two more in, in the national break to start giving them a taste of, of that side of it a couple of offensive ones another defensive principle that we need to get better at but um, again Can you elaborate on that? What, what do you think? Well we've worked on the, the defensive shape side of it it's not about formations it's about how you work defensively as a team and the distances you are as a, 
as a group of players on a pitch, attacking or defending. But that side of it, we've worked on set pieces, obviously, that side of it. And then um, a couple of other little bits, a few offensive things that we've just put in there, some certain movements that how within the the team, how certain partnerships need to work together. And then um, we've talked a little bit about defensive balance, which means not being counter-attacked. So um, I think the things that will come in the, in the national break is our counter-attacking. So there's a lot of transition in a football match. What you do with that transition is really important. And then um, a few more offensive final third things that we need to put in that will probably come in the national break on top of what we've already done. We'll talk about the uh, the Wigan game in just a tick. We're going to hear from Dominic Iorfa soon as well. Uh, just before that, some news from us. We have a new silver supporter. Who knows wins? It's kind of like betting, but forget all the things that you think about betting because this is just loads better. So who knows wins are changing the culture of gambling by making it social. They've removed the bookies from the equation and now you can bet on sports against your mate. It's a good way of um, stealing a bit of money from your friends along the way as well. And you can have some banter along the way in the chat section as well. So there's no odds. There's no bookmakers. This is all about the prediction on sporting events. And the more you know, the more you win. You can download the app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Or for more information, visit their website at whoknowswins.com. That link is also in the show notes for this episode. I haven't told him yet, but Dom and I will be getting involved in a couple of weeks. And we'll see who comes out on top of our little uh, predictions league that um, that we'll be doing. I'll give you a clue. It'll be me. Uh, right, fast and furious week continues. Wigan on uh, Saturday. Um, seriously good opportunity here. Now, I, I said at the start of this little series of games, 10, ga- uh, 10 points from 15 from this period would be a good return. That's what we'd get with victory on Saturday. You said seven points would be a good return. Eight. Which, did you say eight? I think I said eight, actually. Oh, right, okay. Uh, all right, then, well, I... I'll I'll read my notes as I've written them and then you can <laughs> correct me. Um, so I thought that you'd said seven, which is what we'd get if we uh, lose. So one of us is going to be right. So actually, if we draw, then you'll be right. Um, so I hope I'm wrong in this occasion. <laughs> home form is a bit of a consideration here as well because it's been up and down, hasn't it? Well, it has, yeah. I think it's three without a win. Uh, and for Gary Monk, he's he's had only two matches at home uh, and one was in the Cup against Everton with a much-changed team. So, yeah, I wouldn't read too much yet into the home form. They started it off with back-to-back wins, wasn't it? Barnsley and Luton, they, they seem a long time ago now. <laughs> a lot's happened since then. Um, but, yeah, I, I just look at it and think that there's a lot of pressure on Wednesday to, to win uh, for, for a number of reasons, uh, but and a big one being that Wigan are one of the worst travellers in this league. That you know, you look at the stats last season; they won twice away from home. They haven't won this season away from home. I think it's four right. defeats and one draw. You look around their team, and it has the feel of a bottom six, bottom eight team. They will be scrapping around at the bottom for survival for me. Um, so for Wednesday, it, it's big to go into the international break, win, and they potentially be back in the playoffs and there be a good buzz and lots of optimism around the place. And so that's what we're hoping for. And... 
with Stephen Fletcher back, yes, they have to make a change in midfield with Sam Hutchinson suspended. Does Massimo Luongo come in? He does for me. What about you, James? Uh, yeah, probably. I I did a, a quick um, a, a flash poll on uh, Twitter. Uh, I'll just have a look at the results. So we got 627 votes. Uh, so I asked who'd prefer to come in to replace the suspended hutch on Saturday. Uh, what percentage do you think Joey Pellipessi got? 1% uh, going for Joey Pellipessi. Uh, Kieran Lee got 21%. So pretty overwhelming, actually. Massimo Luongo, 78% um, that um, voted for for him. So, the, I mean, this is the, the second poll in a week that we've done about Massimo Luongo, and he's certainly popular among the Wednesday fan base. People wanted to see him at, at Middlesbrough. Um, and, and he wasn't in the team, but Gary Monk got it right. Um, this one, someone has to go in. So, um, I mean, there's an argument that maybe there might be more than one of those players that, that, that goes in. You know, there's a there's a possibility there that we, you know, we may go back to that three men uh, across the, the middle. So it, I tell you what, here's a very left field one. Uh, if Massimo Luongu wasn't selected, you could move Adam Reach into the centre alongside Barry Bannon and bring in Jacob Murphy out wide. Now that, how how attacking would that team be? It, yeah, it would. It'd it worry would. me in terms of the balance. Yeah, it it would feel unbalanced. I I wouldn't mind that if there was another midfielder in there. Yeah. Then you're talking about switching to four three three again, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, you know, Gary Monk's going to know what he's doing. He's not he's not played reaching a central midfield role yet, has he? He's, he's no, played him as he, kind of he, like he, a a sort of you know. A, Playing off Fletcher as a, a second striker, that's happened. He's made it clear, yeah. He's role. made it clear that he sees Adam Reach uh, as a winger and on on the right hand side, but who is also versatile and can play in other positions. So reading in between the lines, I I think that he won't do that. Uh, but it's it's an option there for him. He could do, uh, and, and for me, Jacob Murphy knocking on the door after the performance he put in at Hull but will he be still on the bench or, or again how do you accommodate and get him into the team I, th- I think he'd be a good option off the bench um, I think it's, it's it feels like one of those games that could be Wigan could really frustrate us and it could be the kind of game where you want to look at the bench and think right there's someone there that can come on and do some do some damage um, we haven't got that many players that can that can do that um, so I think certainly at the moment, in the absence of Fernando Forestieri, that having Jacob Murphy to come off the bench just gives us that little opportunity to just, um, you know, just that that thing that allows us to just turn up the pressure a little bit, turn up the heat a little bit if we if we need to, if we get to, you know, sixty, sixty-five, seventy minutes, and we're going to frustrating us. Um, and we've had that, you know, we had it against QPR. You know, we know that teams can come to Hillsborough and do that um, if if they play the right the right sort of game. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, to, to paraphrase from uh, from Gary Monk earlier, so Fletcher ninety nine percent likely to be available. Uh, hard to see a scenario where you wouldn't put Stephen Fletcher back in straight back into the team. Which His kind of game as well. Um, it was a minor ankle injury. I, I think if push had come to shove I think he could have played right. but they didn't want to risk aggravating it understandable you don't want to lose Stephen Fletcher for a number of weeks and, and you have to wrap him up in Cottonwood particularly in, with the form that he's in at the moment uh, 
Um, ju- uh, quick uh, kudos here to uh, Gary Monk for I heard you mention earlier about if Wednesday win they could go back into the playoffs. I did like his response to when you look at the league tables and he said May, which I thought that's that's my kind of language. I like that. I like that. Um, we know that Hutch is going to be out. Obviously, we've talked about that. Um, what we've not mentioned is obviously five yellow cards that he's picked up. Um, he made it to October, which is not bad for Sam Hutchinson. So uh, well done to Hutch for making it all the way into the third month of the season before he uh, picked up his uh, his first um, ban. And um, kind of you know ignore ignoring all of, of this with players and, and, and stuff, uh, with injuries and suspensions and stuff. Um, we, we did say um, after Middlesbrough that it would be difficult for Gary Monk to justify making too many changes because they went there and won for one He has now got a mandate to do that if he wants. This is the game where if he wants to try a few different things, you know, fill around a bit with formation, maybe make, you know, four or five changes. He's kind of got an excuse to do that, hasn't he? I Tuesday. don't think so. No, I disagree with you there, James. I, I, this is a must win. I, I, you know, this is the difference between it being um, a, an ordinary start and a, and a good one. Right. So it, I, I, and I don't think to me, isn't, I don't think that Gary Monk is the what isn't sort of a knee-jerk manager in that I, I think one defeat, he's then going to go, right, wholesale changes, we're going to make 4-5. That's not particularly what I mean, but I think we all accept that Wednesday looked a bit off the pace on Tuesday. They looked tired. Yeah, Here's another game now where if he puts out pretty much the same team again, we run that risk around the hour mark where legs start getting a little bit tired and we start making those poor decisions that we did on Tuesday night. So if Gary Monk yeah. wants to change some things around, he's 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 got reason to do that. He has in the sense of a result, but I think, I mean, we've already discussed a lot of permutations. I, I don't think he realistically has got as, as many options as... As well, he has. Uh, he could take, reach out the team if he wants. There's justification for doing that. And, reach, and, and, reach and looked leggy and, on on. But Tuesday what's night. that going to do for Reach's confidence? Well, I, I, but going into an international break, does that matter? Is is this is this about Reach's confidence or is it about? I think he's too he's too important a player though. As as we've talked about countless times, uh, I I think you you have to just go with him right now he just scored he's uh, for the first time in ages at Middlesbrough so I I think with a lot of the team here say go again right forget about Hull you lost an arrow one there beat Wigan get back on track we've then got the best part of two weeks where you, you just know that Gary Monk is going to work them and he's going to start drilling more of his ideas in and working on it's the offensive side he knows where the shortcomings are in this team so that's what he's going to work on but you look around that starting 11 and the other options on the bench I I, I think we've touched on them really it's Luongu Murphy Fletcher comes back in what other areas of the team are you going to change? I, I I don't think he would make four or five changes unless they've played really badly. I don't think they they performed terribly at Hull. They lost a close one, which on another day, better finishing, they would have probably edged. So that's I, I just don't see it. I know what you're saying. I, I know where you're I, coming from. I, I don't particularly see it either. I don't think he will. Um, but you know, we'll we'll sit here next week and. One or the other of us is going to be right in terms of the fact that I think I'll be right on this. That the, one. That one. Uh, it just worries me a bit that that if if the team if that team is looking tired, I know there's only one more game to get through before the international break, but Paul Cook's not daft. 
he'll he'll have he'll have looked back at that game on Tuesday night and he'll say, look, if you frustrate them for an hour, let them do a lot of running around, like Wednesday have a lot of the ball even, then um, you can kind of go in for the kill in the last twenty minutes and uh, yeah, it can work. I sort of get where you're coming from in that what we don't want is for this team to become complacent. We don't want that, you know. We don't want, you know, and and Gary Monk has made it clear that that you know, and we all know it. The team have underachieved in the last couple of years, and so he's trying to change the mentality, uh, and so that we get less of those whole city dips. Uh, and it, but he, he as he acknowledged, there will be some bumps in the road. He's literally a month into the job, uh, and so we have to give him time and and he's not had the tools yet he's not even had a transfer window to to put his sort of own stamp on it he's working with players that other managers have signed and he's now going to have to try and develop and coach and improve them that's all he can do uh, and through hard work on the training ground and the graft he's doing there uh, so I, it's it's one of them where yeah I think we it's it's hard to really judge where exactly Wednesday are at this moment in time as a team. Uh, even though the table's saying the ninth after ten matches, and and you're not allowed to look till May. That's the new rule. Yes, as we've established. Um, I think in 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 this in in your scenario, it's really important that we get the substitutions right. I mean, it's right. It's yeah. important you get the substitutions right in every game. Uh, but I there there will be players that that are going to be tired and we've we've got a it, it, it might even be a good thing that Sam Hutchinson is suspended for this one because it might be the game that he would have to sit out anyway um you know Stephen Fletcher didn't play on Tuesday so you know if he's fit he's going to have that little bit more energy than if he had had you know another 90 minutes in his legs from from Tuesday night we've we've got to make the right changes at the right time to to not have that kind of sucker punch from Wigan. I mean, hopefully, you know, we're 3-0 up after 20 minutes and this is uh, an irrelevance, although that didn't go too well for Liverpool last night. Um, so, yeah, all right, well, I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Let's get the thoughts now of uh, Dominic Iorfa, who tells us about life under Gary Monk. I think it's been good so far. Like, I've enjoyed it. Um, I think you can see in our results and then the way we're playing as well, we had a good win to start off with Huddersfield. Then we had the cup game, obviously a different kind of test. Uh, we didn't play too bad in that. Then we had the great win at Middlesbrough. And uh, the other night we're unlucky. And I think you can see the ideas that, he, that he's putting in place. And I think you can see as a team that we're actually getting a bit of a, a bit of a style of play and we're getting used to his ideas. And I think these next few weeks when we actually, actually have a break and we've got more time to work on his ideas with no games, because it's been a bit tough because we've had quite a lot of games. It's hard for him to kind of get, get across his ideas. And I think these next few weeks will be good as well. What's Gary been out on the training pitch like since coming in? Yeah, no, he's been good. His attention to detail is really good. He's been getting across his ideas, especially like, I think the first week leading up to Huddersfield, that was when we were able to get our most work and was obviously doing a lot. He implemented a lot of his ideas. I think that week we had like um, a few double sessions and stuff like that, mm. quite long sessions where that was really the base of all his ideas. And since then we've had Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, so it's been a bit difficult. We haven't done obviously had had as long as has had as much time on the training pitch as obviously the first week. But um, it's been good. I've seen a lot of information take on board. But, um, but I've, I've enjoyed it. I think the team's benefit from it, and I think we look look a lot more organised. I think we look better defensively as well, and we're creating chances as well. Should have scored more the other day as well. But Middlesbrough have shown that we can score goals as well, a lot of goals, which I think that's a big thing. 
How important do you think that that next international break is going to be for, for Gary and the team to, for him to carry on implementing? Yeah, I think it'll be good for us as well. It gives him more time to get his ideas across. And I think that first week leading up to Huddersfield, because he had a full week being able to train, it helped massively in his ideas. And I think that um, that's helped us now. We understand what he wants us to do and stuff. And I think the next two weeks of no game, I think be a good time for him to, to implement his ideas again and for the whole team to understand them of what he wants from us. And on Julian, how good has he been since coming to the club? Yeah, he's been really good. Yeah, he's been good. I think his performance suit for himself, um, like the fans are taking to him well, which is obviously due to his performances. But I think it's always difficult uh, moving to a new club, yet alone in a different country as well. Yeah, I feel like he's adapted to the championship very well. Like physically, he's strong. And that's it. championships are physically demanding league. And he's dealt with it really well. He's good on the ball, he's composed and me playing with him, like, I, enjoy, I enjoy playing with him because I know he's a good defender as well and I feel he talks a lot and we've got, like, we've got a good relationship off the pitch as well. I think we get along, he's pretty quiet but he's a nice guy, everyone likes him so we get along and I feel like we've got a good relationship like playing with each other, got a good understanding but I think he's been really good. And what about you in terms of uh, getting on the, the score sheet last weekend, hopefully the first of a few? Yeah, 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 it was good to get off and running, needed it because obviously I missed the chance against Everton and I should have scored then. So, um, but yeah, something I had a decent goal return last season. Something that I'm happy to be off off the mark for the season, and hopefully kick on from here. You got three last season. Mm. Uh, do you set yourself a target this um, year? I set myself five this year. Five. I got three last year. But I set myself five, and then hopefully I was hoping I could get to. Uh, hopefully, I could get a few before Christmas, and then whatever happens happens. But mm. I'm hoping to get at least five this year. Coming back to Tuesday, I mean, how much do you think that you miss Stephen Fletcher? Um, yeah, you can see he's a big player for us. He's in great form as well. But I think, um, yeah, we did miss. I think any team would miss a player of like of his, his caliber, his quality. Like, I think he's one of the best strikers in the league. And I think he's on his day. Like, he's unplayable. But he does a lot for the team as well. So I think we did miss him because... Um, he obviously is a big player for the team. He links he links play from back to front. Like obviously a lot of our play goes through him and he brings a lot of players into the game. So I think it's unfortunate that obviously he missed the game, but hopefully he'll be fit for this weekend. Is he a nightmare to uh, defend against in training? Yeah, he is, yeah. Like he picks up good positions as well, defending from crosses as well, his movement's good. And yeah, just as um I said he brings brings a lot of players into the game. So even like little things that might go under the radar, just like his link up play, his one two touch play, sometimes you think you can't really get tight because if there's runners going off him, he'll majority of the time he'll he'll use them and then you're out of the game. Is that how you see it going forward then more at centre half? Because obviously you can play at right back mm. as well and you have done. I say this because obviously Tom Leeds is going to come back before too long. He, he obviously gives the manager a decision, but would you want to say stay at centre half? Um, I think it's something that I've said like since I've signed, since I've been at the club, that I've played all my games. Like right back, majority of my professional games, I think I've only played a handful of games centre back in comparison to right back. So I'm I'm known as a right back. But it's something that growing up as a youngster, I used to play centre half. And then when I broke through the first team at Wolves, they put me at right back and I kinda of established myself there. So for me it's kind of um it's kinda of like a new position. This is like the first time in my career that I've actually had a run of games at centre back. So for me I'm still learning the position. And I think that um I've shown in the last few weeks that I'm getting better in the position as well. Like I feel that as well. I think my performances suggest that as well. So it's something that I would like to um, settle down and try cement a place as centre centre half. But um, at the end of the day, I've made I've played many games right back, so we don't know what will happen. But I just got to be prepared. I've got the opportunity now centre half, so I just, I just got to keep performing and keep doing well. And whatever happens, happens. So uh, international break coming up. Liam Palmer in the Scotland squad, but no Bannon and no Fletcher. Uh, I'm completely fine with that. 
I'm all right with it. So am I. It's I think great it's news. Great for them to have a good rest. Bannon's played a lot of a lot of games, hasn't he? And we've been, you know, he's been captain. We have been a bit reliant on him. Fletcher, we know, carried a bit of a uh, little bit of a knock, didn't he, during the Middlesbrough game? Had to sit things out against Hull. Good two weeks rest. Whether you know whether he plays ninety minutes against Wigan or not, uh, that that two weeks will do him real good. Definitely. I think if you're both of them, there. I'm sure, I'm, I, I'm sure there'll be a part of them that will be considering a little bit their international futures. They'll be looking at it and going, this is now a couple of squads in a row under Steve Clark at Scotland they haven't got into. And Stephen Fletcher, this calendar year, has there been a better striker for Scotland in terms of performances and his goal output's been much better? I know he's 32 and so... It, it, they, they might be looking beyond the here and now and past the Euros next year but I, I do find it incredible particularly with Stephen Fletcher that he can't get in their squad um, yes they've got Oliver McBurney and they've got a few other strikers who, you know, who play in the top flight but Stephen Fletcher uh, has scored goals for his country as well and he's delivered and, and so for me he's definitely he's definitely worthy of being in the squad Barry Bannon I, I think we both would say his form he's still not consistently hitting the high notes yep. that, that we want you know we're seeing Huddersfield away where he's man of the match and good against Middlesbrough and then he was another who I think we expected a bit more from against Hull. Uh, and you look at Scotland too, actually, that it's not a strong squad. And you look at their personnel and you think it's not the best Scotland squad we've seen in the last 20 to 30 years. But in midfield, they have got some decent options in Scott McTominay and John McGinn, who, you know, particularly John McGinn, I rate very highly. So... It, it's hard actually, and if you and if you those two, I'd, I'd also look at it from this point of view that, and it'd be and Kieran Westwood's another one I chuck into this category. If you're not going to play, if you're not going to get on, it's a big commitment you're making for two weeks to go away with your country. Yes, it's an honour, and yes, it's a privilege playing for your country. But if you know in the back of your mind that you're not going to get selected, you're not going to get on, you're not going to play, and in say Kieran Westwood's case with Republic of Ireland they've got Georgia away that's a long way to go to mm. sit on the bench so yeah. these are things that they've got to weigh up and they're all in their 30s uh, and all this points to is this Wednesday are the big winners in this in that they're going to be fresh and they will carry on working with Gary Monk over the international break on what he wants to do that's a real key point as well because it's not just about that freshness it's about the fact that this is so the, the longest period that Gary Monk's going to have to work with the players without the distraction of a of a game that they've got to figure out a game plan for to work on you know that plan B that plan C those different things that that Gary Monk will have you know I kind of have this picture of him going around with like a notebook in his pocket and he keeps seeing things and thinking right we've got to do some work on this but it's not important for Wigan this weekend leave that till the international break the more of his first team squad that he's got available to him to do that work with uh, that can only be beneficial for Sheffield Wednesday absolutely and look at the game plan that Wednesday executed in the one week that Gary Monk had to prepare the team for Huddersfield yeah. and and they, they did a good job there very solid professional away performance and so the fact that they're going to have a couple of weeks to work on 
Cardiff away, which is going to be a big test. You yeah. know. And we're talking a lot about Wednesday being a, or going down the, the direct style of approach now, playing the two big guys up front, getting crosses into the box. Well, they're going to have plenty to defend at Cardiff in a couple of weeks' time, that's for certain. Uh, well done as well to Massimo Luongu and to Ati Nuiu who are in their uh, respective squads as well for the uh, for the qualifiers. Um, on to our opinions then and um, something that we touched on earlier on. So, um, I mean, particularly off the back of the Jacob Murphy incident at Hull during the week, but I guess just... Yeah, you know, some some dubious refereeing decisions that we've seen, not just involving Wednesday, but but you know across the league. Uh, would you want to see VAR in the championship? Now you were fairly explicit in saying yes. I'm going to be fairly explicit in saying no, because I genuinely feel like it's crushing the soul of football. Um, I hate the fact, and and maybe they will get to a point where they. Um, they sort this out and it's not a problem but the game stopping and starting the waiting um also just the the general sort of i find it quite unfair the way that it that it works i don't like the fact that it's only if a goal is scored do they go back to see whether something is offside or not if it goes out for a corner and the team score from that corner well that's fine that's a goal i, I hate it, it's i'm got, viewing it's, that it's, it's, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me something about it just feels a bit like i think football has that old saying of you know you win some you lose some it levels out over the course of the season and you do have periods where luck goes with you and we've seen Wednesday get get given penalties in the last few years uh, and even goals that have been scored in the last few years you know we look at the Stephen Fletcher one at, at Borough you know just last weekend that you kind of think uh, under VAR you know does that get chalked off and it happens you know at both ends of the pitch doesn't it that that, that you know you get decisions that go your way and decisions that don't and that's the way that football has always been and I'm kind of happy with that I'm all right with it being you, sometimes you come away licking your wounds. It's kind of like it's what you talk about in the pub. If every decision is absolutely spot on right, does football lose a bit of its soul and a bit? But of Val's giving you plenty to talk about in the pub. I suppose is the the counter yeah, no, argument as well. Sometimes the conversation is 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 whether or not it's like Brexit, isn't it? It's like you, you know, Val, you either love it or you hate it, and you know you're either a firm firmly backing it, you know, uh, uh, get Var done, or um or, or you dislike it and just think that football was better when. Th- there was that little element of human error in it. And, I, I, and I know, it was, I know where you come from. I, I do understand. I think what frustrates me is the time and how long. It's the sp- it's got to speed up. It yep. has to, and and it works brilliantly. Technology in tennis, in in cricket. I'd say about ninety percent of the time, rugby union. Uh, and it's taken so long for football to come on board, and we I still feel as if we brought it in too early, and we're getting through the teething problems now, uh, which is wrong. The, uh, it's, the matches, they matter now, and so I want the decision-making to, yeah, to be absolutely spot-on, but is it affecting the entertainment? Yeah, it, it does at times, but then it's, it's the money side. It's as I mentioned before, that... Uh, there's there's so much at stake for promotion, uh, and and you'd hate to be 
in the championship playoff final and a penalty decision go against you or a big moment you know that would be a sickener yeah i get i get what you mean about those big kind of one off games playoff semi-finals and the playoff final that you know you don't have the course of a season for things to level themselves out in a game like that and and maybe there's an argument that that's a little bit different and um, there's games that I've that I've watched that VAR's been in, and I thought I don't, I don't particularly mind having VAR in this in this game. But I just think you know, football season, it's it's about you, you can't blame like individual refereeing decisions. You're either good enough to go up, or you're good enough to stay up, or you're not. And that's where football's always been. Like you know, you might lose a game that you should have won, and then you might win a game with a last minute goal when you've been awful. That you know, you're if if you are good enough, then you will get promoted. If you are good enough, then you will get in the playoffs. And yeah, you know, th- there's elements there. Once you get into the playoffs, maybe there's an argument there to say that it does need for every decision to be completely correct because it's a bit of a bit of a lottery, isn't it? The the playoffs. Um, but yeah, for me, in terms of the championship, I'm quite happy actually with the fact that they're, they're sort of testing it out in the Premier League. Let's them be the guinea pigs. Yeah, I once d- they get it right yeah, in the Premier League, absolutely. then maybe we'll we'll take it in the championship. So for you, it's a yes. Yeah, for me, it's a no. Um, cast your vote in our Twitter poll. Tell us what you think, and um, give us your comments as well. You know, tell us why you voted the way that you have and your views on it. And I think uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what opinions that we get for that one. Uh, you can catch Dom on Twitter at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott, and contact the show at Dom and James. A big thank you as ever to our gold sponsors, Title Law, who you can find at TitleLaw.co.uk. And that's just about it. Thank you for joining us as ever. Let us have your feedback on the show. We do appreciate your reviews and please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week Uh, someone did dm us on twitter to uh, ask how to actually find us in their podcast app if you do need any help do drop us a message and uh, i'm more than happy to uh, to help with that check the show notes as well for details of how you can become a singing the blues supporter up the owls and see you next week (laughs) 